Thanks to Blue Chew for supporting Total F and Marks. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code MARKS. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code MARKS. Kissing babies and hugging fat girls. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. And you book a match with me, that's right, Keelan. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Total Fool Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome to Total Effin' Marks after a summer hiatus. The king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event is back, delivering you the hottest take on professional wrestling, besides probably seven or eight other takes. But the eighth hottest take in professional wrestling, total effing marks. Here in the studio, he's been here before, not a wrestling fan, but my former co-host on My Dumb Friends, and it was a great episode, Sean Donnelly, everybody. Yay! You see Sean on David Letterman and Colbert, both late shows. That's correct. Conan, Conan. half hour special. Yeah, he's played a cop in almost every fucking thing I've seen on TV. <laughs> every blue collar job. I I could do a role as a wrestling fan. I look like a wrestling fan. You actually look better than a wrestling fan. <laughs> I, let me tell you, I've seen some. Jesus Christ! It's like if a if a, if, a, if a juggalo fucked a Galapagos tortoise. <laughs> Today, we are talking about the best backstage fights in WWE or WCW or any professional wrestling history. I'm not talking about scripted backstage fights. I'm talking about real-life beefs between wrestlers. I came up with this topic hours ago because we had to rush in and record this podcast for various reasons. And I was like, will this be a good episode? I don't have time to prepare. And uh, guess what? It's going to be a great episode because <laughs> I, uh, I I I went on uh, I, I went all online look up, to, to look the, this stuff up, and there are there are so many backstage fights between wrestlers. I mean, as a comic, have you ever had like a comic backstage fight? Have I? I no. I oh, I've had a comic like you don't have that. You more have like comic awkward interactions backstage. <laughs> <laughs> you have like I remember I bombed once and somebody told me this was like early on in comedy. I I I bombed really badly, uh, and this guy Zach he told me he goes I go. He goes, good job, man. I go, I bombed. He goes, that's what comedy's about. It's about bombing. I go, no, it's not, you fucking idiot. And I, just, <laughs> I just walked away. So I've never had like a fight. I almost got into a fight with a guy who used to run a show because uh, 
these two girls I invited to the show the week before, it was his show, and I used to bark for his show. Yeah. And these two girls that came to the show, they were being loud, and he kicked them out. And then the yeah. following week, he's like, I heard you invited those two girls. And I w didn't care that he kicked them out, and I was like, yeah, but, and he goes, fucking white trash sluts. And I was like, whoa, you don't even know how I know them. And we almost got into a fight outside. Yeah, I've, I've had that with somebody. Somebody called somebody I know a cunt, and I was like, Gary, it's like back the fuck down, and then I go, "Yo, you don't know who I, how I know them." And he goes, "Listen, I'm going somewhere with this comedy thing." Did he go anywhere? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think so. I love it when anybody comes. Uh, whenever you, any, anytime anybody says that, I remember once. Uh, this was a South by Southwest. I cut a promo to my manager at the time saying I was going to be the best comedian in the world. Uh, five days later, I was in rehab. <laughs> so it, it never works out the way That's that you the think it's going to go. Part of the trip. Um, so a lot of this information, I uh, and just I've so got, people know really quickly, I mm -hmm. used to be as a kid, I was a really big wrestling fan. But this is back Your a long dad, time ago. Uh, did the Jim the Anvil Neidhart thing? Your dad deceased, as well as Jim the Anvil Neidhart, yes. and heaven, they're a tag team. <laughs> Uh, they're fighting yes. the angels in heaven. He looks well, they're like fighting the demons in hell, but from heaven. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, I got a lot of this information from the Sportster, which is a website. Um, but a lot of the Sportster stuff, I mean, I've read through this, and I've, I've listened to so many promo uh, uh, videos and podcasts that uh, most of the stuff that that they said rings true. Of course, this is, again, all under the banner of allegedly guys, so... It, you know, these these are all allegedly stories, although some of them have been confirmed by the participa participants involved. And also got some stuff from Deadspin. Hey, um, let me ask you real quick, mm -hmm. just uh, my understanding. Yeah. I feel like up until the past, what, 15, 10, 15 years, all, everything was super, it was super top secret because they wanted you, if people were yeah. getting along, they didn't want you to know. It was all, the cat's out of the bag with, uh, the right. cat was out of the bag with that whole Iron Sheik, Hacksaw Jim Duggan thing. Yeah, I think mean, yeah. for a lot of kids, that was the first time people were like, Oh, it's not real, or it's not like yeah, it's these guys actually. Well, you know, we had like, like my great grandma still thought it was real. Right. <laughs> the thing about wrestling is that like it's it's scripted, but it is actually realer than you think because a lot of these guys become their gimmicks. There's no bigger okay. example of that than Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. They've become their characters. Absolutely, I watched that Ric Flair 30, thirty for thirty, and I did not realize he was the guy. He is the guy, and I was makes it that much sadder. Yes, really it is. Sad. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start off with a fun one um, that doesn't get a lot of uh, <laughs> that does not get a lot of press because it's 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 just kind of hilarious. Uh, backstage, uh, the Big Show and the Great Kali got into a fight, which the Big Show has said. This is was the worst fight ever because if you've seen the Great Collie, he's about seven feet. Big Show is around, you know, seven feet. There's huge guys. Yeah, right? yeah. Great Collie is a huge star in India. Big Show is a pretty big star here. Pretty, he's um, huge. He's 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 big. He's not Andre big, but he's pretty big. Um, and they got into a fight, but they're so big that they tripped over a duffel bag and just kind of <laughs> rolled around backstage. And afterwards, they were just both disappointed in the fight. It was like the fattest fight ever. Yeah, like you, those, that's not going to last that long because both guys are going to be winded immediately. Yeah. You just get, right away, you just get tired. Yeah. I've gotten in fights. Yeah, a lot of these are like, you know who's gotten in a lot of, it's, it's interesting to see who gets in the most fights because a lot of, a lot of these are going to be repeats. Um, Sin Cara, who is a luchador wrestler in the WWE, uh, this is backstage, has gotten into a couple fights. You know, a lot of these names are very exotic. You're like the great Khalil, Sin Cara, whatever it was, the great Kala. Kali. Kali. Everything's very like... Well, yeah, Vince McMahon's racist, so he's like, give him a crazy name. 
Um, <laughs> apparently, from the Orient, this guy. A, a lot of this stuff happens on your on the European tours because they used to do these big. Like a lot of the times, everybody does these bus tours in Europe where they go from town to town, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's kind of like uh, you know cabin fever. They're all kind of locked together in this. Right, right. So it's bus. understandable if they were getting in a fight. Well, apparently, Sin Cara was making too many fart noises as a joke <laughs> on one of the European tour bus, and Chris Jericho, who I've met before, is great. One of the greatest of all times. Uh, said fuck off. Uh, no, no. Said fuck off with the fart noises. And then, you know, Sin Cara got into his face. And then I guess Jericho and him got into a fight yeah. on the bus. And Chris Jericho is like jacked. No, he's not. He's not. Oh. Jericho is, Jer- Jericho's not. He's, he's maybe an inch or two taller than us. But Jericho's interesting. Let's go into Jericho's fight history. Uh, Chris Jericho had a lot of backstage heat with Goldberg, which everyone knows, because during the WCW days, uh, Goldberg and him had an angle uh, where Jericho – Jericho was a heel, but he was also kind of a comedic character. He, he did a really – he's one of the few guys that can balance comedy and wrestling together, um, and he was going after uh, Bill Goldberg. He did – Bill Goldberg used to have this elaborate um, entrance where Bill Goldberg – would uh, the security would knock on his door and then he would walk to the ring with security. It was a very cool entrance. And that is cool. And Jericho would make fun of that by he would have his security, which was this fat guy in like a half shirt with his gut hanging out. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name right now. Did it and say I security on the half shirt? It said Jericho, I think. <laughs> and then they would always get lost to the way of the ring. Like well, they would funny. go down the wrong alley. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, Jericho, like, would go up against, like, Dean Malenko, which is the man of a thousand holds. And then he said he had a thousand four holds, and he started reading them off. And then they cut to commercial, and he was on, like, number 90. Like, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a funny like dude. actually funny. So he's, but Goldberg, you know, at that time just kind of wanted to squash people. And he was a guy who was a, he was an NFL player, and he was pushed to the moon as soon as he got to WCW. Um, so he wanted to squash Jericho. And Jericho's like, well, let's at least have a match. And he goes, no, I'm just going to pin you like everybody else. He kind of big-dogged him. Yeah. Jericho then Wait, talked. What does that mean? Hold on. So he, he wanted to squash him. Like, like, like he wanted to beat him in a couple minutes versus like uh, having a longer match. Oh, I see what you're saying. He didn't okay, want to okay. fight. He wanted to squash me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Jericho basically talked a lot of shit on this, uh, and rightfully so. And After, you mean. Afterwards. Yeah. And, and in that time, Der- Jericho became a WWF star. WCW went under business. Goldberg took some time off. He came back to WCW, and uh, I mean, he came back to WWE, and he knew Jericho was 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 talking shit to him. So he came up to him and tried to fuck with Jericho. And this is where like it's the biggest upset in history. Like he tried to tackle Jericho or try to punches and throw punches at him. I forget exactly what happened. And Jericho just got him into a headlock and held him on the ground. Oh wow! So that was the big surprise. And they pulled him apart, but Jericho got the better of Goldberg. Yeah, and Jericho ta- and Goldberg towers over Jericho. But Jericho doesn't give a shit, man. Like. Two, this is another fight that apparently happened backstage. Is two years ago at SummerSlam, um, Brock Lesnar went up against Randy Orton and ended in a no contest slash TKO when Brock Lesnar started punching him in the face. And he really busted Randy Orton's head open for real. And and Jericho didn't know that Randy Orton was into it. Now, Brock Lesnar can beat the shit out of maybe anybody besides one guy on this list, right? Yeah, Brock Lesnar's like an actual fighter. He's an a, you a former UFC champion. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you think there's guys, like, there's guys that used to fight, like, what is his name? Lesnar and also the, the Olympian guy. Um, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. They, they were full-on actual wrestlers. Kurt Angle, yeah, is an Olympic gold medal. Right, right. Do you think there's guys that are in this that need the choreography because they're just, they're good at, like, acrobatics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's every type. There's people, and I'll get to somebody on the list who's, I'm going to end, end off of, which everyone 
who's a big wrestling fan knows who the toughest guy in professional wrestling is. But Sean Donnelly doesn't know, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But he probably would have made an MMA. He's one of those guys who probably would have made an MMA. So there's all, you know, wrestling takes all kinds. Um, but, uh, yeah, so after this match, Jericho didn't know. Because, you know, the thing about Brock Lesnar and a lot of the main events, they keep a lot of shit to themselves. Like, like I know a lot of people work for WWE, and they they, they don't tell everybody everything because – the way the dirt sheets are now, everything, it's like spoilers for a movie, you know? Yeah. You don't want it to be what I want. So Jericho thought that he'd really like, bust him open, but I guess Randy Orton was in on it or whatever. And Jericho got into Brock Lesnar's face. And Brock Lesnar pushed him. Brock Lesnar pushed Jericho with his finger. And instead of backing off, Jericho pushed fucking Brock Lesnar. And he's gigantic. He looks they like a got, diehard villain. Yeah, they yeah. got head-to-head, face-to-face. This just shows you how fucking terrifying Brock Lesnar is. Brock Lesnar kissed him on the cheek, and he said, "I'm going to give you two options. You can either punch me or kiss me." And then, uh, and then they separated him before it could happen. <laughs> but I, and I think like Jericho's probably pretty excited that they separated before that happened. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Oh, I'm sorry. he would have killed him. Brock Lesnar would have destroyed him. Oh, um, yeah, Sin Cara has gotten he's gotten into fights with Sheamus backstage. Apparently, Sheamus he, is like everything's a stereotype. Yeah, he's just like a red. Yeah, he's a red-haired Irish guy. Yeah, well, I've seen him person. A big guy. All these guys, by the way, could beat the shit out of me and Sean together. <laughs> uh, Sin Cara threw. I guess they got into a fight at catering, and he threw a soda at Sin Cara's head. <laughs> a lot of the fights happen at catering. Yeah, when well, they're all fucking starving, and they get yeah, there, and then yeah, they all are like, "There's not enough grilled chicken and egg whites." <laughs> And it's a lot of this stuff, too. Like, apparently the fight with Sheamus was uh, – because one of the things about wrestling is you're supposed to shake everybody's hand when they came in. When I had my disastrous commentary uh, debut a couple days ago, which I've already talked extensively about on other podcasts by the time this has come out, um, I – I knew how to shake a wrestler's hand. Like, here, give me your hand. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to shake them. Like, very gently. That's Why? a way of respect. Because what are they, I- rattlesnakes? <laughs> 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 Why do you have to? Yeah, don't look them in the eyes. You have and to shake, shake their hands very gently because it's like almost a jujitsu. Imp- it's like it's like I'm not going to hurt you right now. But there's people. Why they don't get the fact that if no, you it's to- a gentle handshake. That's a show of respect, and I, it worked. I, I shaked a wrestler's hand and I did it very gently, and he gently did, shake, shook it back. Really? It's very. It's a. It's a. It's a. Wait. So time honored tradition. But a firm handshake is the sign of respect. That's the sign for businessmen and for guys who can't fight. But guys who apparently are fighters, the, the real big sign of respect is not shaking your hand hard. Are you joking? I'm telling you, this is how you do it. They can't differentiate. Of like, hey, here's a like. If they, if, so you think if you shook his hand, he would just he would t- he wouldn't want to fight you, but he would take it as like disrespect. disrespect. And, but you still have to shake hands. So, so you, you have to go around giving dainty dainty handshakes to everyone backstage. Wow, I'm not usually one to use alpha male, but geez, that's the most alpha fucking male thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. No, no, I mean like that. You need it. You need yeah. dainty handshakes. Well, apparently Seamus was pissed that Sin Cara didn't shake his hand because Sin Cara was only shaking top guys' hands. So they got into a fight, and then Sin Cara beat him up. <laughs> yeah, that, wow, that's that's really dramatic. Shame has also had another fight. Um, one of the places that you over trained his pot at the of time, gold. <laughs> over his pot of gold, uh, over his lucky charms, uh, is that he was uh, roommates with. Because uh, a lot of the times when you come up in WWE developmental, your roommates when they used to have Ohio Valley Wrestling and Florida Championship Wrestling, which eventually became NXT, your roommates with somebody in almost a college dorm setting. So Seamus was roommates with uh, Yoshi Tatsu, 
um, who now doesn't work with the company, but they got into a fight in the apartment because I guess Seamus wasn't cleaning the dishes <laughs> or something of that nature. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That actually makes way more sense than not shaking your hand correctly. Yeah. Because living together is fucking hard to do. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of these in the fights that are like, a lot of these are funny and a lot of them are scary. Like, I'll just say this. Like, this one's kind of like, there's also a lot of underdogs. Like, JBL is known backstage for why. He's known as, like, a backstage bully. He um, poured a beer on Joey Styles' head, who was one of the ring commentators, right? Yeah. And then Joey Styles fucking pushed him, and then everybody separated. Joey jumped over everybody and fucking punched JBL in the face. Really? So it'd be like Mean Gene punching Hogan in the face. Holy shit. And Joey Styles, is he an ex-wrestler or no? No. Wow, he's just a badass. He's just a fucking short guy with a lot of anger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, JBL also did a blue mini, but like he actually beat the shit out of blue mini in the ring, allegedly, you know. But they've made up since then. Wow. Um, JBL, uh, who's conservative but does acknowledge global warming, so he's not like uh, completely crazy. <laughs> Good for him. That's where I get all my global warming news is from professional. <laughs> What's the thing about abortion, Dan? Can we find, can we find that out? What is JBL, the professional wrestler? What do you think about uh, yeah. any stock tips for us? No, I don't have stock <laughs> tips. Um, but I do have uh, some tips on one way you can get it up. And that's through Blue Chew. Hey, thanks to Blue Chew for supporting our podcast. BlueChew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance to another level. And let me tell you something, folks. Uh, they've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so they work. I use Viagra. Uh, I'm looking for uh, an alternative, a chewable, faster alternative. And that's what Blue Chew provides for you. And I just mentioned I use Viagra, which is not something you should be ashamed about, fellas. You get older, you're on other medications. you got to keep that performance going. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Blue is cheaper then the other brand. So this is a no-brainer. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or, or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code MARKS. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MARKS. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite fights ever. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero it was it was at the time of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle put out some five star matches, some of the best matches ever. Um, and I guess Kurt uh, didn't uh, think Eddie was like pulling his weight in the ring that night, and he got in Eddie's face backstage about it. And Eddie Guerrero tried a double leg takedown on an Olympic gold medalist wrestler <laughs> and, of course, didn't get him. No, right. And then, like, they separated and they're like, why would you do that? And he goes, because I'm stupid. <laughs> he, like, admits it. I'm so stupid. Well, that I love that. That's better R. than... R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> How did he die? Uh, I think it was some hard problems. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. It's, it's never, you know... It's, it's gotta be... Yeah. That's I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, like, it's, it's hard enough being on a road as a comic. I can't be in... Imagine like yeah. Imagine having like, to because also your events you're doing every night are like hours long. You're not just doing it's not comedy where you're like performing for an hour and then going back to the hotel and well, eating crappy food. The problem is you're there all day. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. If they had, if they, I, I think it would be healthier if they had like call times like they do comedy. Um, but I, maybe they're nervous about what these wrestlers would do during the day. Right. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just like go to Kentucky or something. When the, they're this is one of my Delaware. favorite ones. Um, 
the Sandman, uh, who's an ECW legend, he kind of did the beer thing before Stone Cold Steve Austin did. Um, this is just for people who don't know wrestling. Uh, apparently, he got drunk at a promo and uh, and like in front of an audience just pulled his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went backstage and Tommy Dreamer punched him. <laughs> they made up. This is a real no real winners here fight, which you can buy my album, No Real Winners, on all streaming platforms. Wow, that's a good one. New Jack went up against Pitbull. Um, New Jack, first off, I've done a p- podcast with New Jack, and probably one of the scariest guys I've ever met. He uh, In the documentary Beyond the Mat, he, he used to be a bounty hunter. He said he had four justifiable homicides, um, which is a weird thing to do a plug before. It's also a weird thing to have four justifiable homicides. <laughs> Like if you have one, yeah, like you're fool me fight. once, shame on you. <laughs> Four times, <laughs> like, didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. He came after me. It's like, what are you doing to piss these people off that they're attacking you? But a lot of the, and New Jack has gotten, like, you know, a lot of heat for this. Is some things that wrestlers do is they, they ask people to blade them during the match, where you take a razor blade. You've seen it in the movie, The Wrestler. Yeah, you cut you it. You cut it your head, so it looks like it's, I mean, it's still a cut, but it looks worse than it is. Yeah. But they New bloody Jack, it up, right? They yeah, bloody, New yeah. Jack would get a lot of heat because he would dig too far in and New guys and really fuck him up like oh jesus like us, and he did it to one guy and then one guy backstage this guy pitbull was like fuck you they started getting into a fight and i think pitbull got the better of him in that fight but i think he also may have called him a racial epitaph during the fight so it's one of those situations where like you know like you know like when you're behind somebody in a fight and you're like yeah and then they say that one thing and you're like Ooh. <laughs> it's like your bit it's like i don't know i don't know <laughs> Jack has also gotten a fights with the Dudley Boys and this some guy named Gypsy Joe, who I've never heard of. Gypsy Joe is that a uh, WWE? Yeah, uh, no, it's like an independent wrestler. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Booker T versus Batista, two guys I really like. Um, they got into a fight and they literally fought for like a half hour, apparently, in like a, really? in a dressing room. Yeah, like they just let him go at it. Um, they say Booker T won, but Batista still got good shots in him. Booker T, you know, he, he's he's gone to prison, reformed his life. You know, he's one of those guys who's really Jesus. turned it around. But um, oh, this is great. A lot of guys are like comics. They have issues. They they're bringing issues into the job. They do, yeah, of, of course. Um, which is, and I'm forgetting the name of the Road Warrior. I think it was Hawk. Got no fight with Macho Man Randy Savage backstage. Um, I've, uh, Savage said some shit that he thought was kind of say they got to fight backstage. They didn't make up. Uh, years later, they saw each other at a Kid Rock concert and fought each other again. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying they didn't make up? So they didn't make up. So, so like four years later, they saw each other at Kid Rock, like, and then they just started fighting again. If you're gonna continue a fight. Kid Rock concert is the first. Yeah, yeah, that's to the first it. way to do Preferably it. Preferably by the snack bar if you can. <laughs> if you can. Uh, wow, that's hilarious! Yeah, yeah, that, that one is. It also shows you. I'm not saying all wrestlers are like this, but a lot of them. But Macho Man Randy Savage is actually a pretty smart guy, right? Or was he uh, not? I mean, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he's actually a terrific baseball player. He almost played in the Pittsburgh. I Bears. read the article about but that. When he, he uh, I don't know. I th- yeah, he's, he's smart in the sense that, like, uh, one of the things he did really economically that was super smart is he took his Slim Jim deal with him to WCW, which made him a lot of money. Yeah, and he was really good with money. Um, That's good, but I'm, I'm saying they all have a one-track mind. It's almost like Neil Brennan has a bit where he talks about football players. Like, yeah. why are you surprised they're hitting people in elevators? I mean, they're like they just all they think about is doing football all football, the time. Yeah, he's like, oh, I did. I was supposed to do elevator. I did football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great bit. I, it's a great bit, and and 
but it's like with these guys, same kind of thing. It's like it's almost like you see. I have a fight story kind of like that where yeah. when I was in my twenties, I was at a bar and I was so drunk. And I got into an argument with some guy. I was squeezing by him to go to the bathroom. I firmly believe I always thought that I could beat Sean in a fight. I firmly believe Sean could beat me in a fight. <laughs> Sean has now, now both dead dad and divorce energy. <laughs> and there's just no way to beat that. And he's calling me babies and stuff. He's like using old timey terms. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I'm slowly. too happy and thin to beat you in a fight. <laughs> I lost weight too. Yeah, you did. Uh, what you call? But uh. No, so this I'm squeezing by the pool table, and this guy, yeah. he goes to me, he goes, when you come back, you go the other way. So I just laughed in his face, and then we got into it a little bit. But then our we, – we, I we love just, it that neither of you were in the pool. No, no. No, oh, it was the pool, pool table. Oh, pool okay. table. Pool table. So then we're, 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 we're arguing, and then we just kind of went back to our groups of friends. And later that night, like 4 in the morning, I'm walking out of the – it was Max Fish. When it, like, this is yeah, yeah. You told me the, told the story. friends, yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, and, but keep going. Oh, but I'm walking out uh, – I'm, I don't realize, but the guy's in front of me. So I'm walking out. I look out. He turns around. It's him. I go, you! And I just punch the guy in the face. <laughs> and that was like hours later. So that's my version of the, the macho man. <laughs> you! I go, I you! Just, just knocked him out. And I, I didn't knock him out. I hit him. I actually hit him right on top of his head, which is a dumb move. Yeah, and my hand just hurt just your broke. hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is, I think, the coolest thing anyone said in a fight that I've maybe ever heard, even outside of wrestling. Rob Van Dam, who's kind of known as like he's one of these guys. He's like known for he's he's a big marijuana advocate, but he's like like one of those like like don't don't get fooled. If somebody smokes pot, they could still beat the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Like like uh, Matt Riddle's an example of that. You know, he's a guy. Yeah, they're just saving about up all to enter energy. WWE, and he he was UFC. He was doing you know he's popping. He beat like John Jones in wrestling in high school. You know, like, yeah. he's a real badass. Um, but uh, Rob Van Dam had a backstage fight with Taz. Where Taz was kind of acting like the bad, he was from ECW, kind of acting like a badass backstage, and RVD had had enough of it, and RVD just said, "Pick a hand." He puts up both of his hands. He yeah. said, "Pick a hand," and Taz wouldn't pick his hand, and he just like fucking punched him with one of his hands. He was saying, "Pick which, which hand I'm gonna hit you with. with," and then he just beat the shit out pick of the left. Taz He's probably right. He picked the left. Yeah, and then he did like his. He does like ninja kicks. He has a martial arts background. Jesus. So imagine somebody saying, "Imagine being a fight," and somebody calmly says, "Pick a hand." It's like no you country, lost the fight already. No country for old men. Yeah, it's very much. Call it. Call it. <laughs> what do I have to win? I, everything. Everything. You're, you're winning. Every, everything. You're winning everything. <laughs> Call it Frendo. Do you remember you just called him Frendo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like that's that unsettling. That's when you when know you calmly somebody's say psychotic. Yeah, when somebody you say pick a hand, pick a hand, or call it like that. It's like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you're confused, then you're like, oh shit, this guy. Yeah, it's never me. the guy who's shouting. A perfect example of that is JBL, who also gets him like backstage fights with Steve Blackman. JBL was like busting his balls too much, and Steve Blackman said, "Hey, don't do that." Um, and then he, and then JBL kept doing it. Like I guess pushed him. Steve Blackman, who has a UFC background, martial arts background, gave him a back leg sweep and like took him off his feet, got on top of him, was separated. And Steve Blackman turned to him and said quietly, "This isn't finished yet." <laughs> oh my god! And then it's like movie. And type then JBL shit. tried to apologize later. He goes, "Not here. It's not finished yet." And then he at the uh, JBL showed up at the locker room. And Steve Blackman was in the locker room. This is all again allegedly. And Steve Blackman said, "I want you to apologize in front of everyone to me right now." And JBL did. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
You don't oh. fuck with Steve Blackman. I guess I wouldn't not. fuck with JBL. <laughs> I really wouldn't fuck with Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman doesn't even sound, it doesn't like a name of somebody. It sounds like you could fuck with a Steve Blackman. Yeah, well, if you know his name. What, he sounds like just a, an accountant. What, what's 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 uh, what's 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 actually transitioned to one of the most horrifying stories um, on this list, which was uh, Sid versus Arn Anderson. You remember Arn Anderson? I know who it is. Yeah, he looked like he was forty-five even when he was twenty-two. Yeah, that's the. I asked our friend Scott Chaplin once. I said, yeah. if I was to work out a lot, what body would I have? And that's the picture he sent me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my body type. Great promo. Great wrestler. Um. Really uh, essential part, maybe one of the most underrated of all time. Uh, at the time, WCW was handing out pay cuts. This is according to the story. And Sid, who was one of the big stars, was bragging about the raise he got. Arn Anderson took an offense to that. Uh, they started fighting at the bar. Um, and then uh, fucking Sid went up to Arn Anderson's room, knocked on the door, started attacking him, and ended up apparently – Stabbing Arn Anderson with scissors. Jesus and Christ! Like, like four times. Where? Uh, Did and, and and then like you know like there's there's different disputes over whether or not he fell into the scissors or like yeah you know, like there's such big guys that I actually I don't know like you know what I mean like I never know how like I can see them like stabbing themselves accidentally with scissors. Yeah, right. It's it's not like a normal fight with those guys. I yeah because they're like. They're, like they're, there's so much force involved, and there's yeah. scissors like on the table. It's the worst arts and crafts project ever. <laughs> he could just he could you could see them like getting the scissors getting stuck like when he gets pushed into the wall or pushed into the table or something like that. Yeah, it was it, it was it was on. Uh, it, it, it was apparently there was just uh, blood in the hallways and. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it, not the most organized fight. It's just no, they're probably it's, drunk anyway. So like you know when you're drunk. Also, maybe he was drunk and he grabbed the scissors. Yeah, I mean, they were throwing beers at each other before this. It was, uh, it wasn't good, man. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good situation. Jesus. So what happened? Did he, did he have to go to the hospital? Um, yeah, I mean, he went to the hospital. Thank God he's still alive. He still works in WWE. He's a great booker. And, um, you know, so, some of these stories aren't fun. Some of these stories are just, like, completely terrifying. Um, yeah, these guys are big guys, and they they have the mindset they have is like a very aggressive mindset. Like, yeah, that's and their, I, whole, their whole and job. guys, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some of these off, and uh, and that's fine because uh, because there's just too many of them. Like, there's five wrestling. Uh, f- uh, yeah, so Sid did get a hold of pair of scissors and, and apparently started stabbing him. But I'm not sure. I mean, they both say they have conflicting stories, and so and I can't mention every single wrestling fight because there's probably six going on while I'm telling this podcast. <laughs> uh, William Regal and Van Hammer. The only reason I'm going to bring this up is that it was at a Christmas party. <laughs> there apparently, bit William Regal beat up this. I think guy people can relate to that. I feel like <laughs> if you have a dysfunctional family, you can relate to that. Nails versus Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's been in a couple skirmishes. This is overpay. Nails is a terrifying wrestler. If you ever looked at him, he was like a former prisoner towered over mcmahon mcmahon's a big guy um they got into a screaming match in the uh, in their office over pay and then vince mcmahon uh, apparently they went in and like like nails was basically like like throttling vince mcmahon but then when they separated the cops cam came like like uh 
apparently Nails is like, he tried to like sexually assault me. <laughs> and everyone, and the cops are like, I don't, you know, like everyone was kind of like, I don't know if that happened, man. Like, like that was, he tried to grab my dick. You That's why I thought of it. Me too, a guy named Nails. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, it's kind of tough to do yeah, that. So like, and that's done way more gently. You know, like, like yeah. he's going, hey, Nails, you want to come to my office? <laughs> Nails, have a glass of wine, Yeah, Nails. and Nails with a Z. Yeah, right, right, yeah. That guy's not being raped ever in his life. Yeah, this, this was the, um, this was the, this was the biggest, uh, this, this is like the most, um, uh, famous fight of all time between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. The whole Montreal screw job. But it happened over uh, Shawn Michaels on air made a dig that Bret Hart, who was married, was having an affair with Sonny. Um, who was another wrestler. Who was another wrestler. And I and don't Shawn think Michaels had, had like a mullet, right? Or did he mullet? had long hair and a yeah, mullet at yeah. the time. So Bret Hart got to his face about it, tried to punch. Um, they ended up like on the floor, and it ended with like Bret Hart taking a chunk of his hair. Ooh. So it was like... But the whole time, apparently, the only witness was Jerry Waller, who was taking a shit in the men's room. <laughs> so he ran out of it with, like, like his pants up, being like, they're fighting in the locker room! Like, <laughs> half shit out of his ass. <laughs> and then we all remember when Bret Hart got screwed in Montreal, he punched Vince McMahon in the face, and he knocked him out. This is b- backstage? This or? is backstage. And how did and he Vince get McMahon screwed? showed up with a black guy. They changed the finish. Oh, you don't even know that. Uh, this, the, I the, remember hearing about they it. Finished, they, they were, it was supposed to end in a double disqualification. In the middle of the match, Shawn Michaels got him in a submission hold, and the referee just called the bell. So Bret Hart, they they ended it in a different way, and Bret Hart was the only one who didn't know about it. And that's why he he spit in the face of Vince McMahon, and he wrote the letters WCW on air. It wasn't, and then he went backstage and he punched Vince McMahon. Wow, that's a biggie. I did hear that story a long time ago. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's 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 pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, I'm going through this list right now. Uh, this is, I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, I guess DDP got into a fight with a guy named Firebreak Chip, uh, or Firebreaker Chip, who's a jogger, but his whole thing was like a stripper fireman. Like, his outfit is like, it was just like a Chippendales outfit. I don't, I don't know what they got into a fight over. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, a lot of these guys look like strippers anyway, so you're actually <laughs> wearing the outfit. It's too on the nose, I think. Yeah, Kevin Nash got in a famous one with Roddy Piper. Um, but apparently it just ended with Nash. Or, but that was later when Roddy Piper wasn't, was he wrestling? Right. He, no, he was, he, he was like it? back in WCW, but it wasn't, you know, Roddy Piper talked a lot of, I worked with Roddy Piper. I think I've told the story before where I, I did the show called Friend of the People with uh, Ken Anderson who's and the Lucas Brothers, both of which have been on various podcasts um, that I've done. But um, uh, uh, Roddy Piper was old at the time. And, like, he started, like, heckling me during the shooting. That's right. But the heckling didn't make any sense. He'd go, this kid's got a flat ass. But then I realized today, while I was with my girlfriend, she goes, let me see your ass. And I showed her my ass. She's like, it's the flattest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I have a flat so, ass, too. I have no it's butt. Tough. That's why I'm, my, my crack's always showing. <laughs> so I guess Roddy Piper, R.I.P. Roddy Piper, you got me. You got me after the fact. Uh, the Nasty Boys, uh, which are um, Knobs and I think Sag. I forget what the other guys. I, I know I'm going to fuck that up. And p- please don't come after me on Twitter for this guy. Well, they fight each other? No. What happened was is they were like getting – Ken Shamrock, who's a legitimate badass, is at a bar with this girl. And they were basically like harassing her according to stories. Um, and it got it got to a point where Ken Shamrock's like, hey, you got to fucking stop that shit. And then like uh, – and then they pushed Shamrock. 
And then Shamrock went up to one of their hotel rooms, jumped on one of them, started beating him up. The other guy came from behind and hit him with an object. I think that's the lamp. And they just beat the shit out of Ken Shamrock. Wow. Um, Which wasn't a fair fight. Right. But uh, apparently, like, years later, this is what Shamrock says. They were at an airport. And Shamrock ran up to one of them, got him on the ground. And he goes, not here, man. It's like a felony. And then Shamrock didn't. Did really? Him. Yeah, because Shamrock is like one of the guys who could like beat up anybody. But he got double. He got double teamed. Double teamed. And he was Ken Shamrock. Is he? Part, he was part of MMA, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. a lot of these guys early are on, MMA guys. Yeah. A lot of these guys are MMA guys could beat up anybody. Yeah. So it, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um. Uh. The la- one of the last ones I want to talk about, and this is more about the Ultimate Warrior. Rick Rude beat up Ultimate Warrior. Um. And. <laughs> It's. It, I just want to take a detour on Ultimate Warrior. There's been a lot of like rewriting of the history of the Ultimate Warrior of being like, uh, you know, like they have the Warrior Award in WWE. Like in real life, he was a. And this is from the Deadspin article. He's a huge dick. Who's that? Ultimate Warrior. He's the guy who wants to get to like dun 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 dun. He okay. This this is just some quotes from Ultimate Warrior at a Young Republicans hosted event at UConn in 2005. He said. Queerin don't make the world work. So horrendously homophobic. Um, this is his comments about Hurricane Katrina. If we should, uh, if we could be shown the general conditions they lived in before the hurricane, we would see they had little respect for what they did have. We would just see how unorganized, un- unclean, and undysfunctional they never gave care for order. Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah, he be, he's like super Republican, right? Yeah, and then and then he he basically came very close to declaring that Hurricane Katrina was a good thing. Oh my god! You know, like <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah. What does he, he was, do now? Oh, he's he's he, dead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he complained in 2017 that George Washington doesn't have his own devoted national holiday, but Martin Luther King does. Jesus. He said Martin Luther King can have his own self-entitled titled birthday, recognize the national holiday, but not our country's first president. Should I go on? Should I have to? Do I want to? Will I? You bet your ass I will. Let's see if I understand them correctly, or should I say, let's see if I can get to anywhere near a correct understanding of this piece of nonsense. My first understanding, it's sensically using political incorrectness. Martin marched a few times from Selma to <laughs> Montgomery. It's only about 40 miles. Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> Like it's a, like, like yeah, it's like yeah. some sort of like, like you do decathlon. You do like, for a morning job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't a workout. Yeah, try getting on the elliptical also, when a bunch of white people are calling you the N-word and throwing also, stones at you. Let's let's be honest. The whole point wasn't the distance. <laughs> like wasn't people weren't like, hey, they did a lot of miles. Like, yeah. Let's 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 listen to their let's listen to their what they want because they <laughs> they did fifty miles. Like it's also, but it's forty miles is super long. Yeah. But I'm saying like, be a, there was a message besides <laughs> the miles. Also, so yeah, those are harder. Those are like three hundred miles in in, in racist uh, in racist. Yeah, exactly. In, in racist the middle of Alabama. Yeah, um, yeah. And he also he said, I don't know why you know he preached proper righteous behavior while at the same time committed adultery. Many, of course, of course, they always fucking bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, These guys are deflecting. They're all pissed that they're all scumbags, and then they they want the rest of the world to be on the level when they're <laughs> this not. This is crazy. What he wrote here. One of the premises I put forward in my speech that the fundamental difference between the ideological sides is thinking versus feeling. The most in, uh, livening or limiting emotional outbursts erupted when homosexuals were offended by my use of the word queer. One guy without his husband and two physically repulsive bitch dykes slurping on one another's tongues. <laughs> on, this guy has an award 
named after him in WWE to help kids out. I mean, it's great the kids are getting the award. Yeah, uh, but still. On the front row, I had a hard time cozying up to my principled heterosexual obstinacy. This guy's like Columbus. <laughs> yeah, Columbus, got, yeah. Columbus is a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. And, you know, he uses that word, the D word again. I, I had to say it once just because, you know, for Christ's sakes. I mean, like, you got to hear it once, like, to just realize how much of a piece of shit this guy was. It's one of those things where it's like, you yeah. know, to meet your heroes type of thing because then they disappoint you. This, oh, this is like is, a prime example. This is one. Because cr- people this is, love him. Oh, this is crazy. This and I don't takes think this is cake. known as much as other people. I don't think this is known. People still love Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. yeah. This is crazy. In 2008, Warrior weighed in on the death of Heath Ledger who he repeatedly called Leather Hedger and declared that no one should mourn for a drug user who starred in a gay propaganda film, <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. Didn't he do steroids? Didn't he have a whole controversy with that? Who? Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, of course. Yeah, right, there you go. All right. In full... Uh... <laughs> just just discrepancy of... Just fucking, you know... What, no, go ahead. What, what is this? It just gets worse and worse. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this is him or the writer. So, um, <laughs> uh, this is this is crazy. That he did it. But today's standard, though, I do have to agree that he was a great father, perhaps even greater than the father of the year, Hulk Hogan. He also hated Hulk Hogan. After all, so after all, Leather Hedger did what it took to kill himself. His kid is without a father, yes, but the negative influence is now removed, and his own child has the chance for a full recovery. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. That is brutal. Yikes. Yeah, that's what it is, man. You know, some of these guys, like, you also, it's like you, there's an argument there where it's like, well, all you liked him as was a wrestler. Like, nobody wanted his opinions on anything else, but. Right. It's why you can still like, you know, some movies with people who, you know, I still laugh at the naked gun, even though OJ's in it. Right, exactly. You know, um, (laughs) so I'm not saying, like, you still love Ultimate Warrior Magic. You can still buy his shit. I mean, I don't really. As long as you're not buying his treatises, he also has a comic book. <laughs> I was reading his manifesto. Santa, like, apparently, like Santa is like locked, like, and then the next, like, the next, like, frame is like Santa, like, half naked on Heath on Ultimate Warrior's floor, and like Ultimate Warrior pulling his pants up. It's crazy. Wait, what he wrote it? Uh, yeah, he like had, it was like his comic book. Oh my god! Or something like that. He just that. got hit in the head too many times. And he- I think so. I don't know if it was him pulling his pants up or like. Oh, it, it's just it looks like it doesn't look great. I don't know if it's just the artist's fault. Um, so I'm not gonna like wow. take a stand on that one. Um, <laughs> this is uh, you know, but you know, look, the Warrior Award does a lot of great things for kids. So it's like, and his wife seems nice. His kids seem nice, but like. He did say all this shit too. Yeah, you know? it's it's like one of these things. Where it's like keep keep your views to yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up and take the money. Take dude. the money, dude. And this is like after he was done. This was was this while he was wrestling. But yeah, I guess because this is after he was done. He would do all these YouTube videos on Hulk Hogan and like he talking shit about him. Yeah, like crazy stuff about. You know. He became like Randy Quaid after. <laughs> yeah, you know it's bad when you're more problematic than Hulk Hogan <laughs> in terms of race. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that one, um, this one I'll just mention briefly. Paul Orndorff's Tony Atlas. Apparently, Orndorff uh, ripped off part of Tony Atlas's ear, bit off some. Paul Orndorff, but he was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Both Tony back in the day, guys. Oh, Tony Atlas was. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Um, this is this is the was, most was brutal Tony, one. Paul Orndorff was Mr. Wonderful, right? No, 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 no. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is. I mean, this is one Sorry, of. Sorry, I'm playing catch up. No, it's talk. okay. Uh, this is one of the more brutal ones, which was. Uh, 
Uh, Brody Stevens, who uh, not Brody Stevens, he's a comic, comic. Bruiser Brody. <laughs> Jesus, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm like Brody but, Stevens is a wrestler. Uh, they found uh, Bruiser Brody. Um, uh, they found Bruiser Brody in the uh, in the showers, and he was stabbed to death in Puerto Rico, like after a wrestling match, but not by a wrestler. But they don't know. Well, they don't know. Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm 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 reading off Wikipedia off the death. So Brody this, was scheduled point, was in in the locker room before this is all on Wikipedia in the locker room before a scheduled match with Dan Spivey um, in Bayamon, a city near San Juan, Puerto Rico. When Jose Gonzalez, a fellow wrestler and Booker, asked him to step into the shower area to discuss business, Brody entered the shower stall, and a few minutes later, a scuffle ensued. Uh, followed by two screams loud enough for the entire locker room to hear. Tony Atlas who we just mentioned, ran to the shower and saw Brody bent over and holding his stomach. Atlas then looked up at Gonzalez and saw him holding a knife. Due to the heavy traffic outdoors and large crowd in the stadium, it took paramedics close to an hour to reach him. When the paramedics arrived, Atlas helped carry Brody downstairs to the waiting ambulances due to Brody's enormous stature. Due to Brody's enormous stature, paramedics were unable to lift him. He later died from a stab wounds. Gonzalez claimed self-defense and was acquitted of murder in 1989. Wow. But several of the American-based witnesses, including Dutch Mantel, would not receive their summons to testify until after the trial had concluded. Wow. But he had the knife with him. I don't know, right? It seems pretty <laughs> cut and dry. No <laughs> offense. Literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems pretty cut and dry. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. So let's let's put it this way. Uh, if you're a wrestler, uh, get ready for jail. It's basically... <laughs> It's Get ready jail. for jail or a funeral. Yeah, you know, I'm saying the oh, whole, like now, the whole scene you know, is just jail. Now, like I was like, because I after SummerSlam, I went and hung out at a bar where a lot of wrestlers were, and they're like super nice guys, and it's not like a. Of course, they wouldn't talk to me. I was like, you know, in the back with like looking at them with my creepy open eyes. You're like, hi guys, like, hi guys, <laughs> how are you? Want my <laughs> drinks? Any any big ones that you love? Well, I, I talked about this in the Man podcast, but Braun Strowman, I love uh, Bray Wyatt was there. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Braun Strowman came into the bar, saw uh, saw um. Uh, what's his fucking face that I just mentioned? Uh, I don't know why I'm. Uh, you know the Bray Wyatt at the Bray end of the bar, and Bray Wyatt goes, "Hey, only one top guy allowed in this bar." And then Braun paused. They both smiled and ran to the center and hugged each other. <laughs> and awesome. you probably loved every minute. And of I it. shake their hands softly. <laughs> That's true. Probably when you. I did. Yeah. I'm leaving the last person on the list. The man who is known. As the toughest man in wrestling history, and Ming. This, uh, uh, hold on, this is a across the board. Across the board, everybody. Rikishi has said that Ming could beat Brock Lesnar in a fight. Ming, also known as Haku, also known as Tonga, um, who he's known as Tonga now, still wrestling. Is he and he's older. He's older. He is the Rock's uncle, and oh, the and Rock has a story on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, what happened was, I guess Meng was trying to enjoy drinks with a friend, and this fan, this guy, like kept like getting in their face, and you know, like a lot of times in the eighties, people would start fights with the wrestlers. Uh, Haku got up, bit his nose off, and spit it to the spit it on the floor. The Rock talks about this on Jimmy Kimmel, oh. and the police came back and said, "Hey, um, did you bite this guy's nose off?" And he just goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's right over there." And then casually went back to eating. Oh, my God. And the weird thing about this guy is everybody likes him. All the other wrestlers are like, yeah, he's Can nice. Can he get arrested for biting the guy's nose off? 
What? I think he did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, he one time. This is the. This is a couple. These are the legends of Haku or Ming or whatever. Um, cops showed up to spray mace in his face at one point because he was in a bar fight, and Meng opened his eyes and his mouth and licked all the mace. <laughs> and that's not from toughness. That's from being mace multiple <laughs> times before. You build up a tolerance. <laughs> yeah, it's like iocane powder from Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what a what a what a dorky reference. I know, I know, I know. I, mean, I am talking about wrestling, and apparently too. The cops put him in another time. The cops put him in the back of the cop car. They had handcuffs behind his back. And this apparently is true. He broke the handcuffs in half, showed it to him, and said, "This is what you have to hold me," or something like <laughs> oh that. Oh my god! Imagine how scared you are to be like cops. Oh my god! In that situation, Jake the Snake has once said about Haku: "If it was me and Haku in a tank, and I had a gun with one bullet in it, I'd." Jump out of the take and shoot myself in the head <laughs> for fear of what would happen after because I shot guy, Haku and he, I couldn't kill him. So is he like in his fifties or sixties or? He's probably in his sixties now, but he's still he's, he's still a badass. And is he gigantic like the Rock? But he, yeah, he, he, you can Google him right now. Oh my um, God. This is another thing that apparently um, Haku did, which I was reading about earlier, is that Haku uh, got into a fight backstage with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. But it wasn't really a fight. Like, Brutus, I guess, said some share. They got into a fight. And Haku's finishing move was he would choke you by the neck. Haku grabbed Brutus the Barber Beefcake by the neck and lifted him up in the air like Thanos in front of all the other wrestlers and started choking him out. And all the wrestlers were too scared to separate them. Um, so they got in Hulk Hogan, who was Brutus's best friend, and he was also friends with Haku. And Hogan ran in and goes... Hey, uh, brother, could you uh, put him down? Oh, oh my <laughs> like, god! Like Hogan wasn't gonna fuck with this guy. My god! Like Hogan's the first guy when they ask you like who the toughest wrestler is. Hogan's like Ming, without a doubt. Really? Ming is, is the he, toughest guy. Is he? A, is he tall too? He's just thick as fuck. All these Samoan guys—they're like they're—they're uh, they're thick as. Yeah. He ripped, somebody had told—I uh, forget who had told this story—but he'd ripped a guy's bottom's teeth out who was trying to fuck with him. Jesus Christ! Right? Yeah. So Apparently just, a great hand. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, he's got to be. He's got to be a great hand. Like all these guys are great hangs. You yeah, know, they're know. also well, psychotic. Well, he was the only guy who's like, like that. He's got great stories. The WCW, Eric Bischoff, had a lot of cuts, but he wouldn't fire Ming, not because Ming or Haku or Tonga, however you want to call him, wasn't drawing, but he was too afraid to fire him. He thought he, he was too afraid. To like, he came up and like... Um, I guess Ming was talking to Chris Candino and a few other wrestlers, and uh, the boss interrupted to be like, hey, Ming, you had to do this. He goes, apologize to my friends for interrupting me. And the boss apologized. <laughs> and then he continued the conversation. Oh, my God. He's a very, very quiet guy. Yeah. That's, that's he, what said when he, was, he said when he was, you know, just don't get him drunk. The toughest guys. Very uh, quiet guy. Very quiet guys. But he, he ate mace. Jesus Christ. You have to wonder what the hell did he go through as a kid to get to this point. I mean, all the like all these fucking Samoan guys are tough as shit. Yeah, they are. I don't know what they put in the water. Over Even the rock, you look at the rock, and the rock oh. is like fucking super tough. Yeah, rock, yeah, rock, rock, rock would. I mean, you know, you, he almost played in the fucking NFL. He was a Miami Hurricane for Christ's sakes. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yes, I have my own podcast. It's called Defend Your Movie. Uh, you just did it, uh, but you'll hear that episode. Whatever. Uh, so I have a movie. This is coming out in early. Yeah, September. yeah, right. Uh, Defend Your Movie. Also, I'm at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, folks, I um, am uh, at DS Germain on Twitter. Uh, also, I'm on dancegermain.net, and I'm, I'm on 
Instagram and all that fun stuff. Subscribe and rate Total F and Marks. Um, also, uh, on, should be on the ringer with David Shoemaker this month. Uh, my album, No Real Winners Here on 800 Pound Gorillas Records. I'd prefer if you buy it, but you could also stream it on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Tunes, blah, 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 blah. Thanks to Blue Shoe. Thanks to All Thing Comedy. And we've got a bunch of other great podcasts on that network. And, uh, and that's it for me, guys. It was my first episode back after hiatus. I think we did a good job. Compliments to Sean. I was a little jumbly here and there. Um, you know, you know, it's a work in progress, guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Bye.